Hello, friends. This is the Messenger Podcast, where our goal is to develop messengers whose lives tell the story of the gospel. The gospel, which is the good news of life, can reach into every part of our everyday. So we want to use this time to explore what that means for you and your world. And today, I'm really excited that I'm joined by Messenger's team pastor, the amazing Jordan Lewis. Jordan, how are you? Thank you. I'm so great. How are you, Ad? I, I am doing well. I'm doing better now that we're sitting here together. Yes. Reunited. And you are definitely rocking the pretty in pink today. Yep. It's a vibe. It's, <laughs> it's a whole a- vibe. <laughs> It's a vibe, and I'm so excited about what we're talking about. We're not going to tell them yet what we're talking about, but you know. Lead up. It's and a surprise. I know. It is a surprise, it's and it's good. good stuff. But before we jump in, I want to remind you, if you haven't already, to subscribe and rate the show. This really helps us get the message out. So thanks so much for taking the time to do that. And I want to give a quick shout out to Ferne, who recently wrote, I think I said that right, Ferne. I'm always second guessing you how I know. say these. So I should just say them confidently. Yes. Because no one except that person knows I'm saying it wrong. For sure. I know this. I know better. I don't know why I do it. Anyway, this is what Ferne wrote. Ferne wrote, first time listener here, listen to the episode during my lunch break, exactly what I needed to hear. You got a new subscriber. Looking forward to hearing the rest of them. Good job, y'all. Awesome. Thanks, Ferne. From the South. I like that, Ferne. Thanks for taking the time to write the review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about something that intimidates a lot of us. It really does. And that's leadership. And uh, I I just want to share this with everyone out there. Maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a manager, maybe you're owner, entrepreneur, whatever. And you're like, man, I am an imperfect leader, right? Like, I mean, come on. I feel that all the time. And I, I want to share this with you. This is a word of encouragement for you today that God uses imperfect leaders to do a perfect work in people's lives. That's good. Say it again. God uses imperfect leaders to do a perfect work in people's lives. Yeah. So, and that's not a, just a license to do whatever, right? But it is, it is one of those. Hey, God's got this. Like He's going to work through my imperfections yeah. when I miss it. Like He's going to show up, and we're going to talk about ways that you can make space for Him to do that when you miss it. Um, but being a good leader is really about being aware of the fact that you are someone who has influence. Like all of us do, we right. have influence, and so in that sense. We are leaders, and so we want to talk about what it means to be a good leader, right? I yeah. Mean, that's, I, think that's, I think that's important. And at Messenger, we just released a course on leadership. It's called the Five-Day Leader. Five-Day Leader. So you become a leader in five days. Is that how it works? Not exactly. Not exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you but at could, least have tools in your tool belt. Tools you know? in your, there yeah. you go. You could consider it a crash course that focuses on three primary areas to develop you as a leader. It's also great for teams. Yeah. So if you lead a team... And um, you need to take them through a leadership course, man, this would be a perfect resource. So Jordan, I want to throw it over to you. You've recently taken on a new role of leadership at Messenger, and you've been a leader in different respects throughout your life. What are some of your biggest challenges that you've faced as a leader? Yeah, I would say one of them is um, not advocating for myself, which is a weird kind of spin on it. Hmm. But that is has led to my biggest mistakes as a leader. And it's led to my biggest frustrations as a leader as well, is me kind of having to lead people or having the opportunity to lead people and then being like, I shouldn't be here. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. Someone else should lead, which completely misses the point entirely. Um, And And for the record, too, pretty much everyone has those thoughts. Sure. If you're out there. You're not the only one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan's not the only one. I have, yeah. I have navigated those thoughts too, but anyway, keep yeah. going. Um, so for me, in my growth as a leader and in my journey as a leader, I kind of had a, a what I'll call a come to Jesus moment, you know, and it was about a year ago. Um, and I realized, okay, I am stuck as a leader because I just keep going through the same cycle 
of saying, I can't do it. I can't lead. Um, and it was getting me nowhere. Um, yeah. And I felt kind of trapped, you know, and like, a, I don't know how to be effective. I don't know how to be efficient. I don't know how to do this. So it's kind of like I was praying one day and the Lord said, hey, like, why don't we just have a different perspective, take a spin on this? And why don't you ask me why I value you as a leader? And why don't you ask me how you can serve the people you're leading? Like, let's start there. Mm. That was a game changer for me. But up until then, it was kind of this, I'm not qualified. I can't yeah. do it. And that's all I focused on, which was a disservice to the people I've been leading for all these years because they didn't get my best leadership. They got, oh, hopefully we'll all barely make it through <laughs> together, you know, which sucks, right? It does. You know, I love that you said it's about service. Yeah. Because really, if you want to be a good leader, you ask yourself, how do I better serve these people? Yeah. You look at Jesus. He was the ultimate leader, right? He's the one who leads us into life yeah. and he was the greatest. And what did he do? He modeled a form of leadership that is service. Yeah. And he brings out the best in us by his form of service. And that's what leaders do. They take the time to identify the people around them, to mm -hmm. identify the needs, to identify the gaps yeah. and be like, what does it mean for me to serve this individual? For sure. I think it's easy for us to get lost in formulas and best practices yeah. and all that kind of stuff. All the leadership all books, the leadership all the podcasts. And don't get me wrong, like those things have their place. Yeah. But at the end of the day, leadership is about people. Yep. So if your desire to grow as a leader, if it's not driven by an awareness of the people who are actually around you, you're going to miss the mark. Yeah, for sure. How have you, you just, something you said intrigued me with how can I serve this individual? Yeah. So for you, our team is about less than 40 people. So how have you in your role as COO kind of navigated serving the individual, but also serving the team as a whole? You know, it's it's one of those things where you have to realize that there there are two expressions of leadership. There's the one-on-one, -on -one, and then there's you leading the team, whatever size the team is, whether it's five people or 10 people or 40 people or 100 people. And those those are different types of service. So for me, personally, I'm more comfortable with one-on-one. -on -one. Sure. Like that's that's my natural zone. Like I like sitting across the table with someone yeah. and having a conversation. But you also need to to realize that there are things that the group needs and there are things that people hear better within a group. They, they, they hear them better in that group setting rather than just one-on-one. -on -one. Really and so um, for me, it's recognizing that I do need to provide that form of service in both contexts and asking myself, what does that look like? And so one of, like, one of my biggest challenges going back to, so I've been leading people now for about 15 years, um, learning to have a consistent leadership style that varies from person to person. Hmm. Okay, so learning to have a consistent leadership style that varies from person to person. So when you, when you lead someone, you're inheriting all of their past experiences with leadership. You are, you're inheriting them right away, all of their past experiences. And so what happens is you either become the savior from their past or you become the, a, the reincarnation of all their past hurts and disappointments. Wow, wow. And I've seen both of them. I've had people come in and they're like, you're the perfect leader. You are going to save me from my past. I've had all these bad leaders. Or people come in and they're immediately closed off because mm. they've been hurt by parents or they've been hurt by teachers. They've been hurt by other leaders. And so navigating that is, is really challenging. And you have to take the time to really get to know the person you're leading. I had this one, um, one individual that I led for a while. And when she first came into our leadership dynamic, like I could tell walls up right away. And I would try like all the best practices, like sure. leadership best practices to crack that nut. No, nothing would work. 
And with time, I started to identify why her walls were up. And then when she transitioned out of Messenger about five, six years later when she got married and, um, and moved away, we were incredibly close mm -hmm. and all of those walls have been broken down, but it took a lot of time. And the things that I was doing with other team members that were working brilliantly right. were not working with her. Interesting. And they were and they were working wonderfully. Like I was getting the results that I wanted to get as a leader, but with her, none of that was working. And so it's like with a like being a parent, my kids require different things from me, for me to lead them as a parent. Right. And there are things that are consistent with my parenting across all four of my kids, but I'm a foolish parent if I don't take the time to recognize what my individual child needs in that moment. And so again, going back to that, like as a family, and again, I, I, I think of leadership as family, right. just because when I think of God, I think of family, yeah. and I think of God as the ultimate leader, and I look at the way he has led us, it's very much like a father, like a mother of a family. Right. So. When I look at my family, there are things that my family needs from me as a father, as a leader in a corporate setting, in a group setting. But then there are also things that they need from me individually. And I have to take the time to do both. Yeah. I'm completely blown away just by how wisdom helps us navigate what our team needs and what our families need. But I would ask this. So there are people who aren't leading teams like we are. Yeah or aren't um, leading families like you are. So how would you encourage them in their, I would say almost self-leadership or being a leader or having influence in their communities? Like what, what do you think that looks like? Well, I think the first step is recognizing that we are leaders because we have influence. Yeah. So anyone who has influence, you have, the, you have the capacity to lead people in some way. And, and so what I recommend as far as growing as a leader, I recommend three things. Okay, here, like I'm gonna, I don't normally do this. I don't normally give formulas, but I'm actually gonna give a formula yeah. today. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Three things. Number one, study. You have got to expose yourself to new ideas, to new ideologies around leadership, around influence, around people. You have to study. And then what most people do is then they skip to the to my third step, right? Mm -hmm. So they skip the middle step. I'm gonna actually gonna tell you the third step before I tell you the second. Then they move to apply. Hmm. They immediately try to apply. They read, they listen to a podcast, they read a book, it has some great principles, leadership principles, and they go out there and they try to force it into that situation that they find themselves in. Hmm. But it doesn't work like that. There's a middle step that is so important and it's study, observe, apply. Wow. Study, observe, apply. So you have to take the time to contextualize what you study, to really understand how what you studied affects where you live, who you do relationship with, who you serve, who, who you are impacting. And again, I think we complicate so much about life, including leadership, right. because we forget that it's, it's about a relationship. Like ultimately, leadership is about a relationship. Yeah. My job as a leader in our dynamic, okay, is to get you to see yourself in ways that you didn't see yourself before yeah. and to get you to do things that you didn't think you could do. Right. Like that's my job as a leader is to disrupt what you think is possible mm. in your life to lead you beyond your comfort zone into something greater. Yeah. We have that responsibility and it looks different from setting to setting, but we have that responsibility in every single relationship that God has blessed us with. Wow. When I think about our mission at Messenger, to develop uncompromising followers. I think about how that ties in. I mean, basically it's the great commission just reworded, right. you know, Matthew 28 reworded. Yeah. It is. So when we think about us as leaders and us, I mean us in this room and everyone listening, when we think about us, that's as leaders, it's also 
okay, us making disciples. So when totally. you talk about study, observe, apply, it's also, um, I think for the observe part, something that I've missed in that is I study, I apply, and I observe through almost like through a straw, right? Mm. Where it's, this is the way I should lead. This is the way my influence should look because this is what I've been told. Instead of kind of combining multiple things and saying, God, how have you made me? How am I designed? What does it look like for me to do relationship, right? And putting leadership or influence in in that. So it's like we think about the way that I make disciples, the way I lead, the way I have influence is different from the way you make disciples, you lead, and how you have influence. And so it's just very interesting where that, yeah, people study, they apply, but they don't observe. And not just observing the situation, but also observing themselves and how God wants to lead them and like what God has specifically placed on them as part of the body. Well, I mean, that was the revelation that you shared earlier. Yeah, You started observing. You started observing the number one, who you are, Mm -hmm. who God has created you to be as a leader. Number two, that connection between who you are and how you serve and the people around you. But that's honestly, that's where the magic happens, is in observation. Yeah, It's like the old Sherlock Holmes uh, quib. He says, you see, but you do not observe. Right. And I think there's a lot of things that we see, that we learn, that we take in about leadership, but we don't take the time to observe. We don't take the time to observe. We really can apply the way it needs to be applied. There is um, another practical recommendation for the people listening out there. And just so y'all know, the course has a lot of specifics and and like practical steps that you can take to develop as a leader. And what I love about this course is it actually focuses on those those common principles or ideas that we all must share as leaders in order to grow the people that God has entrusted to us and in order to grow as leaders. There's an interesting book. I read it a few years ago. It's called The CEO Next Door. Have you ever read it? No, I've never read it. CEO Next Door. And what they did is they studied thousands of high-performing leaders and they identified four qualities that leaders consistently share. Are you ready? I'm ready. These are the top performing leaders. The first one is decisiveness. Hmm. They're able to make decisions and often able to make decisions with limited information. Number two, they engage for impact. So they keep the mission, they keep the vision in front of their team. Number three, they're relentlessly reliable. I love this one. Like You know when they say they're going to do something, they're going to do something. They're great with communication. They're great with follow through. They're great with meeting deadlines, relentlessly reliable. And number four, they're they adapt boldly hmm. like they're willing to adapt they're willing to change they're willing to innovate so i shouldn't mean just fun fact yeah i, I, th- I was thinking about that yesterday when i was prepping How, for this in the time since you've read that yeah like studied it we're gonna go back to that yep, okay yep, yep. the time you've spent observing just like you, that's how you kind of uh, i've just noticed how you view the world like you pay attention um so how have you applied that um, in your leadership, in your family, um, to yourself? You know, because yeah. I, I can say as someone who you lead, oh, you applied it X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I want to hear your perspective, like how you've applied it. Well, I think for us, practically at Messenger, Messenger X, which is the next iteration of All Access, yeah really is a result of our executive leadership team going through this book and learning these principles. So we made decisions with very limited information because we saw some trends shifting in how people were consuming information. 
So we made those decisions. We kept that in front of our team. Um, we, we did some cool things to engage other team members who aren't normally a part of the creation process. We brought them into the creation process using something called a sprint. There's a book on that, another tool that you could use. It's called Sprint. And then um, we were very consistent, very consistent through that. And then um, we've adapted. We've made a lot of adjustments. Like recently, we, we changed all access where people can access all this discipleship content. We changed where people can get it, get into it with a gift of any amount, yeah. like literally any amount. Which is awesome. And you get access to it because we want everyone to have access to discipleship tools. Right. But we also feel like it's important for people to invest something so that way they use it. So that's, that's one example about a project that was affected by it, but also Town Hall, something mm-hmm. that we do at Messenger. Town Hall began because of these ideas. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, so there's specific projects and specific initiatives and gatherings and events that we do at Messenger that were affected by these principles. But for me, Jordan, like those, those are kind of uh, examples on the macro level. Yeah. For me, it's more so about application on the micro level. Sure. Like I catch myself if I'm being indecisive, like I catch myself and I'm like, okay, why am I not making a decision? Is it because I have bad information or limited information? Wow. So those are two different things. Bad information, you don't want to make decisions with bad information. But limited information, there are many times when you have got to make decisions with limited information. And that's when you pray to God and you're led by the Holy Spirit and you trust that peace that transcends understanding. So Wow. That's incredible. Um, I love how you've become the person interviewing me. <laughs> this is like I'm the host, but you're the one hosting today. I love it. I just, I, yeah, I can't help it. I'm like, you I, I, it. I, I want, I want cool. to hear all of your thoughts. It's cool. But something I want to say to everyone listening, just as Addison was talking, um, I kind of felt this weight uh, for people who are stepping into leadership or who you feel God is stirring you to be decisive, to adapt, to be bold. Um, I really believe just in the times that we're in Mm. that God is going to call his church to a higher level. So people who, you know, are kind of like, oh, I'm a follower, I'm in the background, maybe technically, but the Lord still has a requirement on you. And these things that you heard from Addison, these things that we're talking about, I would really encourage you to pray and kind of investigate your heart and see, God, how do you want me to step into a new level of boldness, a new level of authority? Mm. Like, how do you want me to advance your kingdom or share the gospel in a new way? I just think there's something um, on the people listening um, where the Lord is going to stir you up in a fresh way. And I want to encourage you too, Jordan, I'm resonating with that so deeply. But the people listening, they might be thinking of, of obedience as this like a massive step or this massive risk. Right. And I want to encourage you, it's the small steps. It is. And I fully believe that small acts of obedience create the capacity and the faith for greater acts of obedience. That's good. And so some of you might be disqualifying or discrediting what God has asked you to do because it feels small. You're like, I'm really not a leader. Like, I'm really not someone of influence. And I would encourage you, just step out. Step out and watch what God does. Like you, I'm telling you right now, you're going to do it imperfectly. You're going to make mistakes, but step out and watch what he does. Like when you, when you study the greats of the faith, yeah. they stepped out. They often did it imperfectly, and God moved through their imperfections. Yeah. And this is something I wanted to hit on before we close today, but this idea of like leaders make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like we talked 
earlier in the episode, we talked about the fact that God uses imperfect leaders to do a perfect work in our lives. And this is something that I've really learned as a leader the hard way because I made a lot of mistakes. Sure. Okay, I, was, I was given a leadership position very young. Sometimes I, I just pray for, for mercy over the people who I had to <laughs> lead her. That's like, God, please. Lord, help them. <laughs> help them. <laughs> Give them grace to sustain them. No, thank, thank God I didn't, I didn't uh, mess up anyone's life too badly. But um, I learned very young because I was leading people 20, 30 years older than me. Right. I learned very young, like, man, I need to embrace humility as a leader. Yeah. And, um, and I think there's this idea going around that acknowledging a mistake is weakness. And for me, so this is me as a leader now, honestly, I don't trust someone until I've seen them fail. Wow. I don't trust someone until I see them navigate a, a situation where something's going to come out of them yeah. that like, their facades or whatever can't cover up. Right. And I know for me, going back and looking at direct reports and looking at people that I've led alongside, those moments when, when I started to respect people more was when they failed and they came and they owned their failure and they apologize. Wow. I mean, it just builds trust when yeah. you see that. And for me, I, I remember I had a leader come in one time and she was like, man, like you, you apologize a lot. Like I've never been around a leader who apologizes as much as you do. And I, and I just told her, I said, look, I want my team to feel safe apologizing. I wow. want my team to feel safe owning their mistakes because that's the only way they can grow. Yeah. And so I need to model that as the leader. I need to be the first one who steps out and says like, hey, I was, I'm sorry, I didn't give you my best in that meeting. Or I'm sorry that I was short with you. Or I'm sorry that I cut you off. Or I'm sorry that I really didn't listen to what you were saying. Like I, I need to be the first one to do that if I expect them to treat the people that they're leading and treat yeah. each other with respect. That's incredible. I think about, so I've also led people older than me. Um, and I just love what you said about humility. And for me, being humble as a leader has really helped kind of empower and strengthen the teams that have been under yeah. me. Because instead of me saying, oh, I have to overcompensate for my youth, or I have to overcompensate because I need to make sure they respect me, you know, put some respect on it, right? It's like, <laughs> instead of that, I'm able to say, hey, you have more life experience than me. Yeah. You know more about this subject or this thing than I do. So instead of me kind of being a top-down leader like, I'm going to be the boss of you. It's saying, hey, how can we come alongside each other? How can I empower and uplift you? And also, what can you teach me? You know, and it's this kind of, uh, I've practiced creating environments of mutual respect. And it's made the work I've done a lot more fun, first of all, but more effective also. You yeah. know, when it's like, I'm not here to prove anything or to make sure you know who's in charge. It's like, hey, as your leader, I'm going to serve you to do what you need to do and like help me. You know, we're, we're going in the same direction. Yeah. We have the same vision, the same mission. We can be on the same side. Well, yeah. and that's the key. It's about serving them. So yeah. for me, I'm in my mid thirties and I have team members who are in their early twenties and mid twenties. They need a different form of service from me as a leader right. than someone like Daryl who's in his sixties. Yeah. So, but, but I'll say this about Daryl. Daryl respects me and listens to what I say probably better than anyone else on the team yeah just uh, just shout out to daryl yeah and, and i'm not saying other team members don't do right. it well but he's the oldest he's yeah. the oldest person who reports directly to me 
And we have such a safe dynamic where he knows that he's heard, where yeah. he knows that he's respected and trusted, but he also knows there are times that I'm going to correct him. Mm-hmm. And he receives it so well. Yeah, Daryl just gets it. He gets it, but he, but I do it from a place of respect. Right. I do it from a place of honor. And I also do it from a place of recognizing the gift that is on his life and calling him to that gift. Yeah. And you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. in treating him as an elder and treating him as someone who is farther along than me. I'm almost like walking him alongside like, okay, this is the standard that I know that you have for yourself and this is how God sees you. Let's talk about whether or not this is aligning with what you're doing right now. That's awesome. And that's a different conversation than just pulling a 25-year-old into your office and being like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. It's just, it looks, it just looks different. For sure. And it's important for us because we need something different in the different seasons of life that we find ourselves in. It's important for us to realize that as leaders so we can serve people in the season that they're in. But if you're an insecure leader or if you're questioning whether you should have authority, which I just want to tell you this right now, if you have authority, it is from God. Period. Period. Okay, so there's your validation. If you have authority, it is from God. Now use your authority to serve others. Yeah. And as long as you do that, God will give you the grace and open your eyes to what that looks like in your particular dynamic. Enough said, right? I mean, mic drop. Mic drop. That's it. There we go. Jordan, do you have any other thoughts before we transition to close? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, we've <laughs> we've mentioned this a few times, but right now you can get access to everything, including Five Day Leader, which again, this is such a great tool. We actually brought in a gentleman who did two years of leadership consulting for Messenger and, and made a profound impact on our team. And because it was so good, we were like, hey, we got to share this with the world. We brought him in and one of his associates, Meredith, and they did this course with John. I mean, it's just so stinking good. And you guys can access it again for with your contribution of any amount. Just go to messengerpodcast.com forward slash all access. That's messengerpodcast.com forward slash all access. And here's the really cool thing about what we do with all access. And it's soon to be Messenger X, which check this out. There will be resources, discipleship resources available in over 100 languages when Messenger X launches. Did you hear that? 100 languages. languages. Y'all, we're discipling the world. And when you're a part of the all access community, when you sign up to build your life, you are building the lives of people all over the world. Millions upon millions of people are engaging with this content. So sign up, build your life, and help us build lives all over the world. Cool? I mean, that sounds like a good plan to me. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for being on. Thanks, I always enjoy your presence, your peace, what you bring to the table. You're an amazing leader, and it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks, Ad. You're the best. (laughs) Thank you. And for all of you tuning in, remember, you are a messenger to the people in your world. Your life is a message. So lean into God's grace and watch your world change. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in The Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Conversations with John and Lisa, and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.